Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Today we have with us, and we will on every Tuesday show going forward, my bride, Martha Brangenberg. That's right, that's the Karis Christian Books, Martha Brangenberg, right here by my side, as she has been for over 28 years. In fact, we looked at the calendar yesterday, sometime late August, it will be 32 years since we first met, since I first set eyes on this gorgeous woman in the narthex of our church, sometime, somewhere in Bloomington, Minnesota. All right, today we're going to take on a topic that not many people want to topic, uh, talk about, Martha. Or most people don't want to talk about this. They don't want to talk about this conflict between the workplace and the home. That's right. I think a lot of us feel the conflict, but we really don't want to come to terms with what it might mean in our own lives. Well, and, and really, here's the problem. The work is demanding. Family life is demanding. Regular, just plain old simple life is demanding. And there's only so much time. That's right. And that's what I want you to think about today. There's only so much time. And so we've got to take a look at, we only have so much mental energy, but yet here's the deal. God created work and God created family. And yet there's this conflict between work and family. But since God created both, 
there's got to be a solution to this. And I would tell you the discussion today and, and a lot of the ideas that we've got for today's discussion come from reading a book by Andy Stanley, When Work and Family Collide. Now, some of the ideas are going to be from the men- marriage mentoring that Martha and I have done. We've worked with over 45 couples over the last 15 years. So we've seen a lot of this conflict in action. But Martha, as we look at couples and we, and we see this inherent conflict, what do you think is the biggest frustration when it comes to work and family. When we look at, what do you think that there's, what's the biggest issue that they don't deal with? Um, Where the priority really needs to be and where it is supposed to be. I think, you know, when you look back to originally when work, um, we had to work to survive. Now we have to work to get money that can buy more than just what we need to survive. And we have a real conflict of, how much work is enough and how much money is enough. And that just leads to this trickle-down effect of you know, working ourselves to death in the name of providing for my family when you're not there for your family. Right. And it, it comes down to the question that I ask at the beginning of the, question, at the, beginning of the show every day. Who do you work for, really? I mean, because if you're going and working all the time, 70, 60, 80, 90, 100 hours a week, who are you really working for? Are you working for your glory? Are you working for God's glory? And are you hurting your family? So let's talk about this collision. But first, we want to start off with, we're going to talk about a story. We're going to tell the story, Martha. And I know you want me to tell the story, but you jump in if I miss any of the details. <laughs> we're going to talk about the story of Bob and Betty. Okay, so Bob and Betty are typical suburban homeowners, and they're any—they're from anywhere USA. And one day, Bob comes home. He's a little late from work, and Betty's out front working in the garden. And she got home from work a little earlier. And Bob takes out this big rock, and Bob says, "Betty, can you hold this rock for me for a little while? I just—it's really, really important. Please don't drop the rock. I'll be right back." But I need to go do some stuff. Would you hold the rock for me? And Betty happens to be talking to Bob right by the by the car. So she's over the driveway. And, and Betty says, sure, Bob, I, I'd love to hold the rock for you. And and so Bob says, thank you, Betty, gives her a big kiss and, and drives away. And so Betty's holding this rock. And, and, you know, it's a big rock, but she loves Bob. And so she said, I'm going to hold this rock for Bob because I love Bob. I want to help Bob out. He said he had something really important to do. So she's holding the rock. And, and so that goes on for a little while. And, and maybe, you know, an hour goes by and Betty's going, when's Bob coming back? And, and so then maybe another hour goes by and finally a car pulls in the driveway, but it's not Bob. It's one of Bob's friends. And Bob's friend says, hey, Betty, I just talked to Bob. He's still at the office or he's still wherever he is. And he just said, hey, could you please keep holding on to the rock for form? And he'll be right back. He promised he'll be right back. But Betty, could you keep holding the rock? It's really important that you don't drop the rock. It's really important to hold on to this rock. And Betty says, okay. And so Bob's friend pulls away and, and another hour goes by. And Betty's holding this rock. And it, it's starting to get a little hard to hold this rock. She's getting a little frustrated. And... Yeah, now it's starting to get a little dark, you know, and, and it's just getting late in the day. And, and finally, Bob pulls back up again and says, Betty, thank you so much for holding the rock. I'm not really ready to take the rock back, but surprise, I've got flowers for you. I got flowers for you, Betty. Here's some flowers. Oh, yeah, don't let go of the rock. I'll set them by your feet, but these flowers are for you because I love you and I appreciate how much you're carrying my rock. And, and so Bob says, but I'll be right back. Can you just hold it just a little bit longer? And so Bob pulls away. Betty's left holding the rock, but she got flowers by her feet. And he pulls away. 
And another hour goes by, and it really is getting dark now. And Betty's been out there a long time holding this rock, and she's getting a little frustrated. You know, she wants to know, why did Bob ask him ask her to do this favor when Bob keeps leaving her with this rock? And, and she's, you know, at this point in time, she's getting pretty frustrated. The sun is setting, and she's getting angry. She wants to know, why did Bob leave her with this responsibility when it was Bob's responsibility, Bob's rock, and yet she's been taking care of Bob's rock and Bob won't come home. And so she's, she's frustrated. You know, she says, I can't do it anymore. I can't take it anymore. I don't need his excuses. She lets go of the rock and it shatters into a thousand pieces. And just then, Martha, what happens? Bob pulls up. Bob pulls up. And he's surprised. He can't believe it. He goes, Betty, what happened? Why did you let go of the rock? I thought everything was fine. You said you could hold the rock for me. I told you I was important for me. Why did you let go of the rock? And and Betty is absolutely incensed that Bob is blaming her for dropping the rock. When Bob left her with this rock for so long, she was so she was so surprised that he pulled up right after she dropped the rock and she wanted to hold the rock as best she could, but she'd had it with Bob. Her arms were killing her and Bob is blaming her for dropping the rock when all along it was Bob's rock. Bob was supposed to be carrying the rock. But before we get back to that story of when work and family collide, we are going to do as we do every week. Highlight a book that will help you gain perspective on incorporating Christ into your workplace. This section is always sponsored by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Our book today is written, of course, by Andy Stanley. The name of the book, When Work and Family Collide. Is your occupation also your preoccupation? Let's face it, with all the demands of the workplace and all the details of a family, it's only a matter of time before one bumps into the other. And many of us end up cheating our families when the commitments of both collide. In this book, Andy Stanley will help you establish priorities and boundaries to protect what you value most. Learn the difference between saying your family is your priority and actually making them your priority. And discover tested strategies for easing tensions at home and at work. That's right. When Work and Family Collide by Andy Stanley is the book we're giving away today. Call into the studio line 855-265-2929 That's 855-265-2929 Remember, you need to read the book. Don't wait for the movie. All right, getting back to our story, Martha. We were talking about Bob and Betty, and Bob had asked Betty to carry her rock, carry his rock. Bob's rock, he asked Betty to carry his rock so Bob can go off and do something else that he said was really, really important, and he said to Betty, please don't drop my rock. But after a while, Betty does what? She drops it. She tried really, really hard. She hung on. She stood there and did what she said she would do, but... You know, there she didn't know when the end was going to come because he just kept on keeping, you know, telling her it's going to be a little bit longer, a little bit longer, and she just couldn't take do it anymore. And what did Betty have on her mind? Well, you know, I was thinking about that, and um, we were talking about it during the break, and the fact that you know Betty probably had her own rocks that she needed to be carrying, and I said she couldn't even put the flowers in a vase with water because she was too busy holding his rock to do a simple thing like that, which was a nice gesture on his part. All right, so what is this story really all about? Because Betty drops the rock, the rock shatters, and Bob's mad because Betty drops the rock, yet 
Betty held on to that rock a really long time. What's this story really all about? Well, you know, the fact that the the rocks really represent our responsibilities, the things that we have in our lives that um, we need to take care of, whatever that may be. In every marriage, those rocks are divvied up differently and held differently, and some are bigger than others. And like in our own life, we've, you know, certain things that... I do some cleaning. You do other cleaning. You let's love. let's lay it out. Okay. I get the vacuum. Jim vacuums. Now that our son is married and doesn't live at home anymore, let's get it really true. Okay. <laughs> so well, and um, Sarah's supposed to dust. And in case she's listening today, by the way, the house needs to be dusted. <laughs> she loves that. Mm-hmm. That was very nice. Um, but you know, you love the cars. That's really important to you. So you're the one who waxes them and and. Um, make sure that they're in good shape and well-maintained and all those kinds of things. So we all have our own rocks. They're all different sizes. And if you're passing the rocks and making the other person carry more than their load, their their agreed-upon load, sometimes we can do that for a short amount of time. But, you know, we we are only so strong, and we only have so many hands. Well, well and let's talk about some real-life examples of what does this really mean. Because a lot of times this doesn't have to do with, you know, a wife doing the husband's chores. A lot of times this mm-hmm. has to do with a husband getting a promotion. And all of a sudden, honey, sorry, I'm going to be gone four nights a week. I'm going to be on the road. Yeah. And... I'm just not going to be there to help you and the kids, but I'm going to make a lot more money, so we'll be able to do a lot more stuff. Or the wife gets a promotion, and it's the opposite. The wife is now going to be gone four or five days a week, and the husband is going to be home doing all of the stuff and all the responsibilities that both of them are supposed to be doing together. What happens after a while? Somebody gets tired, and they say, you know, this was okay for a little while or for a period of time, but, you know, I can't do this anymore. Um, I'm tired of carrying the whole load. And sometimes even the couple, when they've talked about it, they may even think this sounds like a great idea. We can do this. We can make this work. And um, it could be something that it makes it so that they're able, they, on paper, it makes sense to them. But in reality, it breaks down their relationship. And it breaks it down. Does it break it down right away? Not probably not very often. No, I mean, it takes a long time because Betty willingly picked up the rock or willingly took the rock from Bob and said, I'll carry it. I love you. I'll carry this rock. I'll do it. And it was because Bob kept pushing on and saying, "Okay," but he never took the rock back from Betty. Let's take examples of our own lives. And this is I didn't prep Martha on this. So this in our own lives, we've had a couple of times where I've passed rocks off to you and I, I know one time I picked up the rock before it was too late, and one time I think the rock was, was a little bit rough on you. You know, when I became an insurance agent in 1991, we had to make the decision. Actually, here's here's the way it really went down, audience. You know, we had our, our son in 1991. Martha had a job working for a construction company. I was working for a landscaping company. I had an opportunity to go in the insurance business. And I and we found out shortly after that that I would have to work several nights a week in order to be successful in the insurance business. This is back in Minnesota. It's very different than here in Florida. And I said, the first day, it was my responsibility to drop off Joshua Daycare. Martha went to work. I dropped off Joshua Daycare. And I called Martha from my landline at my office because we didn't That's have cell landline. phones because we couldn't afford a cell phone back then because it was a dollar a minute. And I said, Martha, I don't care what it takes. There's no way I'm taking my son back to daycare. I no way I'm going to let that crazy looking lady raise our son. And she, I'm sure she was very nice. I don't even remember her name. All I know is that was the only day I dropped him off at daycare because I couldn't take she it. She was very nice. And she it was, was an in-home daycare. It was a good situation. But it was like freaky crazy. And I said, I will do whatever it takes. I'll work as hard as it can. Can you please come home and raise our son? 
because and and as it worked out, you worked part time, you raised our our son. We worked together in the insurance business, but I went to work in three nights a week, and it it was three solid nights a week. I worked five full days a week, and I worked Monday nights, Tuesday nights, and Thursday nights on appointments. Sometimes I didn't get home till nine o'clock at night. It was a big burden, but as we talked about last week, after about eighteen months, I came home. And just in time for us to have another kid. But I came home and started taking back some of those responsibilities. That's right. But we, in hindsight, we were fortunate enough to actually have some good conversation about that and to say, you know, in order to build the business, this is going to what's going to have to happen. But um, there were parameters. We knew that you would not do Sundays. That was one thing that we really stuck to. I never worked Saturdays and Sundays. And so, you know, you were all in on those days. And um, I just knew going into it that if this was the choices we were going to make, we were going to have to um, stick to that. But I didn't burn the bridge in that case. You never, ever melted on me. You never, ever said, I've had enough. I can't take any more of this. Didn't do that. But in this whole transition, I also put the responsibility of the family checkbook on you. <laughs> and at the same time, I also got this great idea in the in the mid-90s, we were going to own a car dealership, too. So we had an insurance agency where somebody else, well, actually, we did the books on the insurance agency. Then we had a car dealership, and then we bought into a chain of insurance agencies. So somebody else did the books, but you still ended up doing the personal checkbook, the car dealership checkbook, chain, uh, transferring titles, all that kind of money stuff. And there was one day where you just had had enough. <laughs> I think I blocked that from my memory. <laughs> and, and you just said, I can't take it anymore. I have no idea where we are financially. This is just way too much responsibility. I'm raising the kids. I'm an at-home mom. I'm helping the insurance agency. I'm, I'm doing the car stuff. And it just it melted on us. Yeah. And I picked it back up. And, and today, to, still to this day, I balance, I do the checkbook. That's something that just really drove you crazy. It was something that was not your it was not your cup of tea. You just didn't like doing it. Even though you love accounting and you love doing book work, it was just too much. Raising the kids, it was just a lot. So how do we, as we explain this and as we go coming to the bottom of the hour, but we're, we're talking about avoiding these collisions. What's one of the ways we can avoid these collisions? Because isn't it true, Martha, as we've seen in these couples, once a husband or a wife has gotten to this point where I've had enough, I can't take it anymore, I don't want to talk to you anymore, I don't want to see you anymore, I'm so angry about you, don't even think about coming into the bedroom, don't, I, don't want, I, don't, I, can't, I can't stand to even see you anymore. Mm-hmm. Are those marriages fixable? Well, they, we truly believe that all marriages are fixable if both parties are willing to work on it. But there, there's a huge perspective that is broken at that point and that that takes a lot of recovery to come back from so um, having good communication before it gets to that point will help a lot well and and as we say i mean if we say the rock shattered and we've seen a lot of shattered marriages Mm -hmm. and many of them have recovered they're never the same but it's not to say that's bad they're usually way better than they ever were before but it was a really rough time that they had to work through and then of course we've also had some friends when that rock dropped it exploded like nuclear yeah and they and the people just never they they were angry and bitter all right martha we've been talking about the rock the rock drops the marriage is damaged is there any hope for that marriage there is hope, but it's going to take humbling on the parts of really both parties because sometimes we think that we're the super wife and we can handle it all, and um, we got to realize that we can't. 
um, if it's the wife that's carrying too many rocks and or the the burden that the husband is supposed to be carrying and um, but it's so it takes humbling on both people's part and coming together and saying you know what we need to start over we need to start fresh and try to figure out what that's supposed to look like but there's a lot of anger and bitterness and things that need to be worked through how do they work through that stuff because the wife has been carrying a burden that the husband's been carrying. Now, she may not be telling the husband these things. Uh, and so he's living along clueless because he doesn't know there's a problem. How come he doesn't know there's a problem? Because he's so busy doing that other thing that he thinks he needs to do to sur- provide for the family or whatever it may be. And I think that's one of the the um, tricks that the world catches us in that says, you know, I'm showing my family that I love them by spending all my time over here doing something for them and they see that they're really not a priority and he needs to come to grips with that but how else does the husband not know i mean you know the wife she doesn't tell him i mean a lot of times we they just they keep carrying this burden they keep carrying this burden they keep carrying the burden and they think they're doing the wifely thing by carrying this burden and they don't tell their husband how angry it's making me eventually that's the day the rock drops she explodes or as i like to say she explodes explodes yes yeah hmm. all right and, so what is- may even catch her by surprise because she thought she could handle it and then she just one day says i've had enough i can't do this anymore i'm tired of your excuses i'm tired of you you know keep saying you're going to spend more time or do something. And, I can't take it anymore. Yeah, that's what she says. I can't take it anymore. That's one of the warning signals. Those lines. He asks her to pass the ketchup, and she breaks down crying. I can't take this anymore. I'm not making fun of her. She's ticked. She's got a right to be angry. Yeah. But you know what we have found in every marriage is that there's no perfect people in marriages. That's right. The husband's got issues that he can work on. The wife's got issues she can work on. And the only way to fix any marriage is for the husband to work on his issues, the wife to work on her issues, and both of them to chase after God. And as they chase after God, they can start to repair some of those things. What are some of the other signals that people should be looking for to see that this is maybe coming down the pike for them? Um, Well, I think some of the things are like, you know, if somebody says things like, I can't take your promises anymore, or I don't believe you, um, that would be actually helpful for somebody at least to be saying things but it may be as simple as them not being home when the spouse gets home from work Um, they don't see it as a priority anymore to be there at the same time so they start living their own lives Um, for a child who doesn't feel like their priority anymore it may be that their grades are slacking at school or some other behavior is starting to to happen Uh, I know in the book it talks about things like you know missing you know, you, there's no rule that says you have to go to every game your child is in. But if if it becomes the ex- exception, you know, if if you're the kid never expects you to show up, um, you know, you've lost them as a priority in your life. Then you know they they feel that they re- they know that there's something else taking your time that's more important to you. You know, what are some of those solutions? As we look at this, there's there are a lot of solutions to avoid. You know, having the rock drop. And I think probably the biggest thing is to start asking the family some questions. You know, how can we find out if the family's carrying my rocks? You just have to take time to ask them. That's right. And they may not know at the first moment because, you know, maybe they didn't realize that they picked up those rocks. So this is not going to be just a one night discussion. It's going to have to be a, you know what, we're reassessing 
what's going on here in the family? Why are we not feeling connected? Or why are we, you know, having trouble communicating? And start that discussion. Because if, if um, especially if it's been because of an absence from somebody working too much, um, you know, they got to they got to gain that respect back too of the other people in the family. So saying, I want to have open discussion, and, but I want you to be thinking about it. I want you to think how has me being gone or me working too much or me being stressed when I come home because you may be home but your work may be so consuming that you aren't really home so starting those conversations with them and it having to be a, a process and just asking them what have I done and what do I need to take back or even simpler hey do you feel neglected yeah. am I neglecting if, if you could change anything about my schedule what would it be yeah. And, and I got to tell you, let's just be blunt and honest. I'll get up on my soapbox. I know you can't see me, but here's the soapbox. There is never a great reason for somebody to travel all the time. If you've got to travel all the time, it will impact your family negatively. It will impact your marriage negatively. And it's going to do it one of two ways. Either your family's going to get sick and tired of you never being home. They don't even know who you are anymore. Or you're going to end up messing your life up while you're traveling, having an affair. And that's not just a man. That could be a woman, too. You end up just messing your life up for good because you're working. And because you don't have that intimate relationship at home anymore because you're always working on the road, you end up creating an intimate relationship on the road, and it will destroy you. And the bottom line is, again, a great example in the book is that he talks about, um, you know, you're so worried about building up your college fund for your kids that you're gone all the time and you don't even have a relationship with those kids. And he actually goes so far as to say, you know, if it were to end in divorce, you're going to spend that college, you know, money on the legal fees. And I mean, that's a sad bottom line, but that that's a reality that people allow to have happen. I mean, God gave us a, a set priority. You know, we're supposed to, number one, have him as the number one focus in our lives. And then number two, our spouses, if we have them. Number three, our families. Number four is work. He gave them to us in that order. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to have those things straightened up. And if we've got work first, if we're if we find ourselves loving our job and doing our family instead of loving our family and doing our job. And you can love your job. That's fine. I had some people disagree with me when I said it like that last week at the Christian Chamber. If you love your job and you can love your family at the same time, fine. But if you, this is all about cheating. You know, when Andy Stanley Martha first wrote Mm -hmm. this book, he called this book Choosing to Cheat. And nobody would buy the book because I think he thought it was somehow about adultery or something. But well, or anything. Cheating is such a negative connotation, right? even if it's not adultery. It's cheating in some fashion. And it's like, why would I choose to do that? Okay. Right. But that's really what it is. You, If you're going to work all the time, then you're cheating your family. Or if you're going to be with your family all the time, then you're cheating your job. And so you've got to choose who you're going to cheat and really find that balance, if you can really find that balance, on... What is working enough do? And if I'm going to tell my boss, listen, boss, I'm going to work less hours because I'm not going to cheat my family anymore. What if I lose my job? Hmm. It's a trust thing. Um, We were talking about that earlier, just being able to say, you know what, you are enough of a priority for me that I don't need to work in a job that takes me away from you as much as this does. Well, and it's and it's not only a trust issue. I, I think it's also that if your lifestyle demands that you have to work that much, just change your stinking lifestyle. There is nobody that's going to end up on their deathbed. You thought I didn't get riled up enough yesterday <laughs> on the show. There's nobody that's going to ever end up on their deathbed. Listen up, listeners. Just listen. Listen. Listen to me. What I'm going to say next is super duper important. 
There is nobody ever going to be on their deathbed looking up and saying, boy, I wish I'd worked more. Boy, I wish I'd spent more time at the office. Gosh, I wish I played more whatever. They're going to say, I wish I'd spent more time with my family. I wish I'd have spent more time doing the things that are important. So if you've got a wicked expensive house and you got a wicked expensive car and you've got all the expensive habits and your family's neglected, but they've got everything you think they want, you're wrong. They want more of you. They don't care at all about the stuff. They want their mom. They want their dad. And that's what we're talking about. When work and family collide, all of a sudden, what's really important comes to play. And right now you may say, I don't have enough time for my family. Listen, when you when that rock drops, all of a sudden, you find time, Martha, don't they? They yeah. find time to deal with these issues. That's right. And and in that crisis, you may not even have the clear mind that you would have if you could just even back up a couple of days and say, you know, what am I doing? How can I do things differently? Right, Martha, we have seen collateral damage from this issue. What does collateral damage look like when work and family collide? Um, well, it can be a number of things, but it's disaster. It's um, everything that you expected your home and your family to look like um, being shattered in ways that um, you could never have imagined. It's broken homes. It's destroyed marriages. It's kids who commit suicide. It's kids who go on drugs. It's husbands and wives who have affairs. It's all of those things that you never want. And it's because we let this get out of control. We let our work dictate our lives instead of our family being a priority. And let me just tell you, love is spelled T-I-M-E. Yes, I know. I've got a college degree. That's not how you spell love. That's how you spell time. But I will tell you this. In the 80s, they talked about the, this, this, this misnomer of quality time. Quality time. It's not how much time you spend. It's whether you have quality time or not. You remember that, Michael? Quality time. But that's a lie. Because quality time equals quantity time. And if you're out there working so your kids can have everything that you never got when you were a kid, you are wasting your time. Because that doesn't spell love. Love is spent time. Hmm. You spend time with your kids, they'll feel loved. You give them everything you want, they feel like you're trying to brush them off because you feel guilty because you're working all the time. Oh my gosh. Stop it. (laughs) People, nobody ever says, I wish I worked more. They're going to say, I wish I spent more time with my family. You know what? If you started working today, right now on your marriage, you can save your marriage and save your kids and so they can have decent marriages and that their kids can have decent marriages. Start Investing in what's valuable. Your job pays the bills. It doesn't make a family. All right. Okay. 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 So how do we make these changes then? How All right. Let's talk about this 30-day challenge. Yeah. What is it? Well, I thought it was going to be a cooking show, but apparently now it's going to be about this marriage. <laughs> All right. The 30-day challenge. I am not changing the way I eat. That's right. I have leftover checkers. I gave it to Mike Miracle. Okay. All right. Oh, that was an unpaid you know, political or unpaid advertising. Okay. Here's the 30 day challenge. We challenge you right now. Get a rock on your way home. That's right. Not I R A Q. I mean, R O C K get a rock and bring it home to remind you this conversation today and hand it to your spouse and say, listen, spouse or children. If you've already, the spouse has already left you and you got children left behind. Start with your children and say, listen, do you feel neglected? If you could change anything to my schedule, what would that look like? You ask them those two questions. And the 30-day challenge is to start finding ways to be more effective and efficient at work so that you can spend more time with your family. Not efficiently, 
but effectively through quality time. What were you thinking, Martha? Well, I just I love that it said in, he recommended in the book to actually put it on your calendar because these are people that are driven by all of the tests that they need to get done and realizing that for the next 30 days, I'm going to do everything I can to make my family and my spouse a priority. And I love using the example of going on vacation because how many of us go on vacation with a clean desk? How many of us say, I want all this stuff done so that I can go on vacation and enjoy my time away? If we approached our jobs more efficiently on a daily basis, I believe that we could leave the office behind and spend that time looking forward each evening to the time with our families and using that same approach. There's very few things you can guarantee in life, but we can guarantee right here on this radio show today that if you continue to neglect your family, work all the time, make your spouse carry all the rocks, you will end up in divorce. You will. Guaranteed. You can work all you want, and all the money you're accumulating, you're going to give half of it away. And your kids are going to be miserable. They're going to devalue marriage. They're going to think, what's the point? Mom and dad couldn't stay married. Your ex-spouse is going to not like you, and it's going to create a death that just keeps on giving day after day after day. But we can offer another guarantee, can't we, Martha? I don't know, Jim. Can we? Yes, we can. What's the (laughs) other guarantee? I put her on the spot. She doesn't like it when I put her on the spot. The other guarantee is that if you stop right now, you come home tonight and at the dinner table, that's right, we recommend you eat dinner together as a family, and you stop and you talk to your spouse tonight and you say, listen, do you feel neglected? Is there something I need to adjust on my schedule? Could you tell me what you want me to do? And you start working on your marriage? We can guarantee that if you stop right now, stop neglecting your family, your marriage will strengthen, your kids will end up positive and normal uh, contributors to society, but it takes an investment. You know, you're worried about your 401k. How about your grandchildren? You want your grandchildren to be fantastic people. And it starts with investing in your marriage and in your family today. And I think making that decision today, you don't have to know all of the ins and outs of what that's going to look like. You know, when we decided to get married, did we have every detail nailed down? No, but we well, I thought I did. We thought we did. But we knew that we wanted to be married. And um, then we worked out those details. And the same thing with this. You make a decision. I want to make my family a priority, make my spouse a priority, and show them that they're a priority. And then I'll figure out how by asking them the questions and starting to implement things. And having some accountability is good, too. Accountability. And we're running out of time to this mm-hmm. discussion we could go on all week about. But, you know, I want you to reference the book of Daniel in the Bible, chapter one. You know, you may be thinking, how can I possibly change my hours at work? I'll lose my job. Daniel had a conflict at work as well. He was a slave. He was being told to eat meat, sacrificed to idols. And Daniel said, I'm not going to dishonor God by that. I'm going to honor God in my job. And so he went back and he challenged and said, listen, give me 10 days. Give me 10 days to show you that I can eat vegetables and drink water. And I'll be just as healthy as those guys drinking all the great, drinking the wine and eating the meat. And, and he trusted God in this. And I'm telling you, we serve a powerful God, the almighty God, the God that created a universe that's billions of light years across. Why is it we can't seem to trust him with providing for our families if we're willing to put our families first, which is what God said was a priority. I mean, listen, God said him first, spouses second, children and family third, then our work. When we put things in the right priority, do you think God would honor that, Martha? Oh, yeah. How would he honor that? What does that look like? Um, I think a lot more peace. I think um, the closer we get to him by putting him as our first priority, we understand where the other priorities fall into place. And it becomes easier to do those things because we're keeping our focus on him. 
All right, we still got a book to give away today, 855-265-2929. That's call into the studio, 855-265-2929. That's when work and family collide. And if you need us to pray for you and your marriage about a rock-falling situation, if you're Bob and Betty and you've been uh, putting your responsibilities on each other, you need to go ahead and send us an email. Just send me an email, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iworkforhim.com, and Martha and I will pray for you. That's right. In fact, we'll meet with you if that's what you need to do, but we'll pray for you, and if you're not from Tampa, then we can't meet with you. But anyway, <laughs> so it's a trip. <laughs> Martha, we've got some something coming up that will help a rock falling situation. Somebody says, we got a couple that says, we're willing to work on this. What do we got coming up? Well, we have our Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage. And um, it is coming up in February. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about that by taking you into the, that place. Now picture this, if you will. The sun is shining and the clear blue ocean waves are passing by the as the Royal Caribbean Brilliance of the Seas cruise ship sails between Tampa and Cozumel. You can almost smell the salt air now as we talk about our plans for the upcoming second annual Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage Retreat, sponsored by I Work For Him. February 5th through 9th, 2015, will be at a time when you and your spouse can get away to invest in your marriage. No dishes to do, no sporting events to attend, no cell phones to answer. Amen. Just a few days together in a beautiful environment with purposeful discussions on ways to make your marriage strong, as well as plenty of time for those private discussions and alone time right on the agenda. Plan now to join us for this much-anticipated retreat. Find all the details on our website, www.iwork4him.com, or send Jim an email at jim at iworkforhim.com. That's jim at iworkforhim.com, and our website is iworkforhim.com. All right, next Monday on the I Work For Him show, and next week we have a show Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Next Monday we'll be talking with Robert Smith and Ross Harrop about successful strategies they use to have a vibrant devotional life. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately... I work for him.